Percy, cancer can feel like a lonely journey at times. How would you advise? What can people of faith do to find hope? Well, Wayne, the best thing people can do is first meditate on the words of Christ himself. When he said he will never leave us or forsake us, we are never alone, ever. And he always has our back. The more real that is and becomes to us, the more it will help us walk with courage and peace in the midst of a trial. Oh, that's so good. Let's talk more about that. Today, we're going to hear from a cancer patient whose cancer journey changed when she realized that God was really taking care of her every step of the way. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. You're listening now to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. No matter the journey, Percy, God is with us every step of the way. Amen? Amen to that. And we need to be reminded of that because there are times that we get in the the valley of the shadow of darkness and we wonder and we can become a bit leery if God is actually with us. And so today we're going to be reminded of just that when we speak to this particular person. You will hear from our guest here in just a moment on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our resource, our free resource this week, is aptly titled, God is on Your Side. And you can download that resource at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Also at that website, you can answer this week's question. Do you have the question there in front of you, Percy? I absolutely do, my friend. And so today's question that we want to pose to the audience is simply this. How did your faith, how did your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? And you can feel free to leave a response on healthhopeandinspiration.com. And there is a little drop down box uh, that says question and you mm-hmm. can leave your answer. Healthhopeandinspiration.com. How did your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey. But I think you also, uh, Wayne, have some responses to a previous yeah. question that we asked yeah. on the show. I've been reading through some of these just for my own encouragement. And uh, someone answered this question, how does your faith make a difference in your cancer journey? And they said, first, Reverend McCray, you are in my prayers and I wish you a long life. So oh, thank we, you. we joined the listener in that regard. This person says, since I was diagnosed with cancer, I believe that I am a different person. I've always been a Christian, but I was not living my best life. The journey has made me very scared of what the future held for me, and the thought of leaving my family earlier than I thought was frightening. When I was told that I was, uh, and then they talk about the stage of cancer they're in, I was totally lost and helpless. But I thought about it, and I decided that there is nothing I could do but trust in God that he has a purpose for me taking this journey. They say, out of the blue, I started reading the 23rd Psalm. I felt a real calm that God reached me personally at that moment to tell me that he will always be right next to me to comfort me no matter what happens. Isn't that rich? Praise God for that. And that is a great testimony as we continue to affirm our faith and hopefully build the faith of those that are listening, that that will become also your testimony and your experience as well. Thank you for reading that way. Well, take us to scripture, would you? Uh, Absolutely. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in Psalms 121, verse 5, a very short and quick passage of scripture, but very powerful. And it speaks to the very point of what uh, will be discussed today on uh, the interview that we'll hear shortly. The Lord 
The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right side. So today be reminded as you listen to uh, the interview that the Lord is your and our keeper and he is our shade at our right side. Just before we turn to our guests today, let me say that with locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, as you travel about, you get to talk with people who are in the midst of cancer journeys, and today you bring another one of these interviews to us. Let's listen to Cora May. Well, I'm excited today. With me is Cora May Blank who is a uterine cancer patient diagnosed originally in 2015, who is still currently undergoing active cancer treatment. Welcome to the show, my dear. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much for uh, coming and, and sharing your story. As mentioned in the uh, opening and introduction, you were originally diagnosed with cancer in 2015. Is that correct? Yes. And um, I always ask this question because I find it fascinating and I get various different answers. But uh, if you can recall uh, where you were when you received that initial information and how did you react, uh, let's talk a little bit about that day. Okay. I was actually home. I've got a phone call from the, uh, my gynecologist uh, telling me that I had uterine cancer. I kind of... All my life, my whole family had cancer, okay. different sorts of cancer. So there's a history of cancer in your family. Yes. Yeah, so I kind of figured someday I would get that news. So you weren't terribly surprised. No, I wasn't. The hardest part was to tell my family, to actually announce to them mm. that, you know, mom has cancer. Yeah. So um, when you initially got that information, you have history in your family of cancer. You weren't terribly surprised. Still, what was your uh, initial reaction before you told your family? What Talk to me about the moment where you heard those words and then you had to absorb that within your own being. Like I said, I, I wasn't shocked. I just like, oh, well, here we go. Okay. And now it's my turn. Okay. Basically. Okay. Yeah. You know, because sometimes people have a sense of shock or anger or whatever. Right. You were like, okay, let's, we got to do what we have to do. I'm not really terribly surprised. It's my turn. You proceed to tell your children. How did that go and how difficult was it to be able to communicate that to your family? Oh, I first started crying. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I started crying. Yeah. And then they all came up and gave me a hug. Okay. And they've been very supportive ever since. Well, obviously, and I say this often on the show, there are very few cancer patients that I have met 
who have survived and, and gone through a, a, a bout of cancer who did not have good support from either family, friends, loved ones, uh, church community, church. your village. And so uh, with that, uh, I'm glad to hear that, that, that you had that type of support. Uh, what type of treatment did you actually undergo? Chemotherapy, radiation, surgery? What did you do? Surgery first, then and some radiation. Okay. So you received uh, those uh, medical modalities. You worked through that. And uh, you start your treatment and you care. You, at some point, you start your treatment at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia. Yes. And um, I'm assuming that that has been a, a good experience for you? Oh, Definitely. They have, we have a, like there's a woman's support group here ah. that we go to our own, my daughter and I attend on Tuesdays. Okay. So we try to make our appointments on Tuesdays well, so good. we can be here for the support well, group. Well, that's good. That's good. Wonderful. And uh, the doctors, like the last time with the cancer in my lung, um, right before surgery, the uh, surgeon came in with his whole crew all his people wow. around the bed, and they prayed for himself and me How awesome. for surgery. Yeah. To, and it, it was very comforting for me and my family. And I would assume, first of all, just to have a physician and his team to come in and surround uh, a patient's bed and then pray for the doctor and for the patient, I would say it's probably not a very common thing that happens in many hospitals. Yeah. But more importantly, I think, is the point, and I want to transition here, if you don't mind, is uh, apparently and obviously faith and spirituality is important to you personally. Oh, definitely. So let's definitely. talk about what does your faith and your spirituality, uh, how did you engage that element of yourself in the midst of your medical care and treatment? At what point did that really get engaged, either with your pastor or your church, Let's talk a little bit about the role of, of, of your spirituality and faith in the midst of being a cancer patient. I think the second time I was diagnosed, then I pretty much announced it to the church. Ah. And uh, we had a prayer circle. And was that and difficult my, to do initially to announce that in front of your congregation? The first time I couldn't tell anybody. Yeah. The second time, you know, I knew that I needed to get some prayer. Okay. You know, the second time was a little rougher. Okay. Well, and and so obviously you made the conscious decision to do that. And if, if it's not too personal, and if you're not comfortable in answering, please just let me know. Uh, what it, why was it, why is it that you did not want to let your church know about the first time around when you had cancer? What was difficult about that? It was a female issue. Okay, got it. And... Growing up in my time, you know, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Okay, so it's just a personal preference based upon privacy with regard to some things. Yes. Got it. But And, and I asked this question specifically because and I, I just recently received a phone call uh, from a dear friend of mine who I've supported, I don't know now, for the last 14 years, who had prostate cancer, and he was very active in his local congregation. And uh, I remember him. He introduced me to his church. I, I, I presented some information and some training uh, to his congregation. I remember when he introduced me, uh, he introduced me in this fashion by saying, uh, many of you really do not know why this gentleman is here today. He's, he's my pastor from the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and he supported me. Uh, but I, I have, I've been battling cancer for the last year, and no one here at the congregation knew. 
And I was shocked when he did that. And so afterwards I asked him, I said, well, why is it that you didn't tell members of your congregation that you were a cancer patient and for a very different reason than, than the one that you just gave? He said that, you know, he was not comfortable in sharing that information because he was concerned at how people would react and what they would say. And he just really did not want to be subjected to uh, things that people might say that would not be appropriate or helpful. So the point that I'm making is that your reasoning and rationalization for not wanting to share that information initially, certainly uh, I respect and understand. But there are a lot of people who are afraid to share with uh, their their external community, uh, whether it's their church community or not, that they have cancer because they don't feel like the people in their community will be mentally, emotionally equipped to handle the information or to respond appropriately. That obviously wasn't the case for you. You finally did share some information with your church and, yes. and your pastor. And how supportive and how helpful has that support been for you? It's been great um, finding out that I'm not the only one in the congregation yeah. that was dealing with the cancer. How about that? Well, according to the American Cancer Society, just to kind of put some statistics out there, and I know some people like statistics and some people don't, but according to the American Cancer Society, one out of every three people are estimated potentially to be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetime. So if you just take that number and put that within one's local church, um, it would be no surprise that at the end of the day, you're probably not the only one that is dealing with that or going through that. And I would imagine uh, being able to share your testimony, as you told me before we start recording, has probably been very helpful for people and encouraging to people. Oh, definitely. Recently, we went on a deep sea fishing trip. And I was sitting next to this lady and we were talking. I found out that she, in December, had uh, her breast removed because yeah. of cancer. And yeah. I was like, how small this world is. Yeah. And it was very comfortable, you know, comforting for the two of us to sit and talk about our experiences because I had just had the tumor removed in March. And so now that you're kind of being more vocal and, and out with your information about your cancer journey, how um, rewarding and empowering is it for you to tell others or to share with others? What does that mean to you? How does that help you by sharing your testimony? Just knowing that my experiences can help other people uh-huh. go through. I've had a few people approach me and ask questions, and I was able to give them some answers, you know, not sure. getting too technical. Yeah. I've given some comforting answers, and, you know, we would pray. Okay. Often what I have heard, and and quite frankly, many people on this podcast have shared that um, once they have gotten through the initial process of being a cancer patient and their treatment, they felt almost as if that they were obligated, that they felt to a certain extent it was almost like a calling of God, that they had to go out and start telling people and sharing and encouraging people. Would that be somewhat true for you, or maybe that's a little bit different for you in your experience? No, I think that's definitely true because um, when I when I had the the third time the the tumor in the, the lung, I said, you know, what can I do? What can I do to to, you know, I know you're at you're you're approaching me to do something. Right. So I do sing in my church. Oh, okay. So and I do I have done testimonies of how the Lord is. Uh, 
guided me. Okay, and to, directed you. And directed me in things. I've, uh, I travel to different churches also to sing. Oh, great. Well, yeah, you're really out there then, and you're, you're, <laughs> definitely, uh, you're, you're definitely sharing the good news. And to look at you, you look fantastic. So I, I would feel good. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's important. It really is at the end of the day. Um, having said all of that, uh, today here you sit, you know, uh, starting back in 2015, you're still on your journey. You're still yes. on your path. Yes. What do you believe or think um, the Lord has for you at this point? Where, where do we go from here? Any other aspirations or desires or thoughts about where you move and go from here? Um, I do have my last story that um, in July they saw another nodule. So this may be my fourth time. Okay. Um, I was pretty upset, but not disappointed. You know, yeah. I, it was upsetting. Um, my husband and I decided to go out to dinner to enjoy the evening. Okay. And some guy came up and said, your dinner's paid for. Wow. And it's like, the only thing I could say was why. I couldn't even say, you know, I did finally say thank you, but I kept saying, well, why? Uh You know, we're, you know, we're dressed nice and it doesn't look like we can't afford our dinner. Right. And then I noticed the guy had a single gold cross on his neck. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm saying, it took me a couple of days, but then I like realized... Jesus is telling me that he's going to take care of us. Wow. It it was an affirmation for those of us who are Christians. You know, the cross represents the finished work of Jesus. It's where he paid the final price for our sins. Uh, The Bible tells us that he died, that he was buried, that he rose, you know, to life again. This gives us the promise of a future beyond the life that we currently understand. And I can see how you would have interpreted you know, that random act of kindness as Christ taking care of you. I could see that. Uh, It was a way of telling you he's got this. He loves you. uh, He's holding you in the hollow of his hand. Yes. Going forward, and lastly, and maybe more importantly, what's the one thing or what is one thing that drives your hope? You're now talking about the possibility of being a four-time cancer patient at this point, still actively treating what drives and motivates your hope? The name of the show is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. What gives you hope, Cora May? Knowing that he's out there. The song I have here is Because He Lives. Ah, I can and face it's tomorrow. Something, yes, I can face tomorrow. Can, would you mind singing just a little bit of that for us, please, dear? I think our audience would appreciate that. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Today you have heard from Cora Mae Blank. Uh, just received an affirmation she believes by the father himself of a man who paid for her meal uh, at a recent dinner, uh, who was wearing a gold cross on his neck to remind her that Jesus has paid it all, he is taking care of it all, and he is covering us in every way. 
Indeed, he lives. Indeed, he lives. And we can face tomorrow. Thank you so much. Continued good health and success to you. And continue to bless people everywhere that you go. Thank you. Thank you, Cora May, and thank you, Percy. We'll continue talking with you in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. According to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. So to address the issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network in order to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. This is for pastors and church leaders. We want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. There's no cost to join. It's absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our informative monthly email newsletter. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and learn more about the Ministry Leaders Network. And one more thing, if you're concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit that website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of the team with questions about your own diagnostic and treatment options. The number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm always amazed, Percy, as uh, I look back on the conversations you bring to us on this program, how much we learn from each and every guest. And it's, you know, really the purpose of the program. It is to learn and to disseminate information and to encourage uh, the community of cancer uh, where people are living or have lived or at some point may live in terms of supporting or even walking a journey themselves. And so with that being said, you know, I marvel at the continual uh, knowledge that that we gain. And yes. again, we get that simply by listening to yeah. those who have walked this path. And their honesty, too. Well, you know, part of, I think really an important point to be made, and I'm not sure if we've ever really made it. I, I think a cancer diagnosis brings people into a moment of truth and honesty that's very different, a a spirit of sobriety, if I could use that term Mm -hmm. in this context, that simply allows people to be very transparent and open, particularly when they feel that they are either being beneficial and helping others, or in some ways it's helping to kind of cleanse and and renew them within themselves by by being able to be transparent. So I think there's multiple factors there. And it's different for each person. Sometimes it takes a while for people to come to that point of honesty and admitting, hey, I really do have this and I, I need to share this with people. Well, it's just like anything else, phases and stages that individuals uh, go through, depending on, you know, one's mental, emotional, dare I say, even, you know, some cultural, social background, all of those play a part in uh, the timing of when, where, and how individuals choose to be open, transparent, and truthful about this process. And so that path is very unique for everyone, given those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And Cormay was honest about the fact that she didn't initially share with anyone at church about what she was going through. 
Well, you know, this is actually not a very uncommon dynamic. I know in the history of time that I've had the pleasure and the benefit of, of serving and supporting cancer patients, I've heard that from many. I think I shared even within the, the context of the interview itself, uh, a gentleman that invited me to his church to do uh, a training uh, with regard to our journey of hope information when we were still traveling on the road. And the congregation did not know that he had been a member of that he himself was undergoing cancer treatment. They just thought that, you know, I was just a guest speaker. And he shared that information as he was introducing me. So it's not, believe it or not, uncommon because I think people struggle with uh, being conscious of what will people think? What yep. will they say? Will I be judged? Sure. And I think even more importantly, Wayne, is uh, receiving unwanted you know, information, advice, yeah, uh, et cetera. Yeah, that can be a problem, can it? It can, because, you know, people have the best of intentions, but in many cases are really inappropriate with things that they may say or how they may say them. And so sometimes cancer patients tend to uh, try to negate that by just kind of putting up the wall of silence. So there's many factors that contribute to that, but it is a real factor in in some cases. Well, for sure. we need to honor people's uh, privacy as well. I mean, if they're not ready to share, we shouldn't push them. We should not. So it's 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 a very delicate tango. And, you know, we need to let the cancer patient, as I often, you know, coin the phrase, have coined the phrase, drive the bus, uh, let them lead, uh, let them give us a sense of where they want to go and what their comfort level is. And, you know, and then we kind of take it from there. In, in Cora May's case, what was interesting about her is that, you know, she had uh, she also had had a history of cancer in her family. And so uh, in one respect, when she initially said that she found out she wasn't shocked, uh, I think she was able to digest that and process it in a way. But she was very conscious and careful of whom uh, she decided to share information with on particularly on her first diagnosis. And so then she finally, you know, came around, I think, on her second diagnosis and decided uh, to share that with her congregation. Yeah, so again, she knew she needed prayer. She needed prayer. She needed the support. And she felt like that she was probably a bit over her head at that point. And so she reached out to her faith community. Yeah. And a lot has to do with the church. And, and, you know, a few moments ago, I mentioned the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. And the whole process of the Our Journey of Hope program is to help churches cope when people do step forward and say, hey, I could use some prayer and support here. I'm, I'm on a cancer journey. Well, again, the motivating factor for the Our Journey of Hope uh, Cancer Care Leadership Training Program is to do just that, to equip the faith community uh, with the ability to uh, really practically respond and and provide support to those within their uh, sphere of influence, their local church, their community, who may be dealing with cancer, and then to be appropriate in response and be equipped to do so. And so with that, you know, the dynamic really is around awareness uh, and, 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 and lack of knowledge. And so yeah. uh, when people are aware, but they may not have enough information to work with, uh, the Bible says that you can have zeal without knowledge. And so that can be a dangerous thing. So the Our Journey of Hope program is trying to couple the idea of wanting to encourage and wanting to support, but having a basis of information practically that will be responsible and responsive to individuals that will be beneficial to them. Yeah. Let me mention a couple of resources that we can point our listeners to. One is a free printed resource that you can print yourself from our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's called God is on Your Side. Mm -hmm. That is available to you right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
And then, have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions that they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions and more than 40 different cancer types on symptoms and risk factors and treatment options. So to access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say with your smartphone from Amazon, Alexa, enable Cancer Center. You can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Percy, what a great resource. It is. We're excited about it here at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America to provide, again, a mechanism and a pathway that will provide people with a resource to answer questions. We know that we live in a a current day and age, and rightfully so, where people uh, want information and, and is seeking information. And the question is, uh, where do people find that in a in a relatively uh, quick fashion, particularly with regard to cancer? This particular resource, Alexa Skill, will provide uh, some answers and some responses to people with regard to their questions about cancer and treatment of it. So remember that and make good use of that. Hey, we enjoy hearing from our listeners. And this week, we'd like you to interact with us on this question. How did your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? How did your faith make a difference to you in your cancer journey? You can answer that question at our website, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. As Percy said earlier, there's a drop-down menu there labeled Question. Click on that and answer it if you don't mind, and we'd love to hear from you this week. And I'd love to hear from you right now, Percy. Again, that scripture that you read earlier. Uh, Yes, and again, our spiritual nugget as we close and kind of wrap this program up, and I before I go into the scripture, I wanted to also remind us that Cora May talked about how her her care team uh, actually came into her room and prayed with her and prayed for her, prayed for her surgery, and then prayed for the surgeon who was part of the team. So with that, again, talking about the role of spirituality and faith uh, in a healthcare environment and how she uh, began to utilize her faith uh, takes us right back to our closing spiritual nugget for today. And that is Psalms 121 verse 6 and it says the Lord is your keeper and uh, I'll say this he's my keeper too and he's your keeper as well Wayne Mm -hmm. the Lord is your keeper and the Lord is your shade at your right side today be reminded that no matter where you are and no matter what is going on in your life the Lord is keeping you he is leading you he is guiding you and in many cases he's actually carrying you so be encouraged today and remember that the best is still yet to come Percy you're doing a great job at Cancer Treatment Centers of America we thank God for you thank you brother Thank you, my friend. And remember, we've got work to do, so let's keep chopping the wood. Will do, will do. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit 
visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.